This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of At The Turn. Nick and Joe with you. Nick, I got a text from your wife. You had a scooper, some ice cream. What's she having this evening? <laughs> uh, moose tracks and uh, uh, raspberry chocolate chip. Oh, yeah. You guys go for the exotic flavors. No vanilla or chocolate in that household. No, no, no. <laughs> Don't want to elaborate on the ice cream? I mean, moose tracks is... is a, that's the menu, basically. It's those two things. And then sometimes they don't have moose tracks. Um, we, we moved in like the grocery stores now around us. Don't, some of them don't have moose tracks. It was like a catastrophe in our household because I, I kept buying the wrong kind of ice cream because I was trying to find a good alternative. And I, it didn't meet Ashley's standards for a while. But then um, she must have put in a request with the, with the buyer at the stop and shop down the street because now they have moose tracks. And we found a few other that we, that we like, too. So. Ah, stop and shop. I love we, that. We weathered that storm, yeah. <laughs> Please rate and review at the turn. Give us five stars and leave us your favorite ice cream flavor. I don't care. Just put something nice in there. Give us five stars wherever you listen. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Name another <sighs> podcast app, Nick. Um, Google. Google. Google <laughs> Podcasts. Yes, please leave us five stars there as well. We have a spot. You, you nailed I it. Name a po- I mean, app. I just, I just, I'm an Apple. Snapple listener. Yeah, I am too. I made the switch a couple years ago. I'm not going back. Also, go to Piper Golf, Piper.golf. Use promo code TURN10 at checkout for 10% off visors, bucket hats, and of course, their amazing variety of golf balls for every golfer. Nick, we're going to talk games. Games to play on the golf course. Low stakes. Just a little juice on the line. Yeah. I I, uh, I love this. I love this. Do you know where the Windy Hills Cup is right now? Yeah. Where? It's in my dad's basement. Is it really? Yeah. So <laughs> Every time I visit Idaho, he's like, hey, uh, I think that's Joe's. Do you want to get that back to him? And I'm like, how the hell am I going to do that? Like, is it I mine? would love to. 
Yeah, I think I think uh, I think you claimed it the last time we we competed for it. So for those of you who are not Brian Romy, the Windy Hills Cup is a trophy that we purchased at the local Ross store in Moscow, Idaho, when we both worked at the University of Idaho, low those many years ago, and it's called the Windy Hills Cup because we played at the University of Idaho golf course more times than I can count, and we nicknamed it Windy Hills because that baby is windy, and we just needed something to play for, and that was it. We, we were also watching a lot of Big Break at the time, and, and Tob Abbott was like a uh, a regular among our topic of conversations in like what would Tommy what would Tom Abbott like call this trophy? I, mean, I, I thought like the Windy Hills Cup was was appropriate. Yes, the precursor to At the Turn podcast was the sports show with Nick and Joe, which aired on KQQQ Radio in Pullman, Washington. It was a two hour Sunday morning program that somehow we convinced them to let us <clears throat> air. And uh boy. There were some adventures trying to sneak into that radio station when Joe forgot the keys hung over <laughs> at 9.56. I remember one incident where I had to climb through an open window to get into the radio station. <laughs> Those are the good old days. Uh, to be young. Before we get to the golf games, this is something that I've been considering for a while, and that is replacing my wedges. I have four wedges in my bag, 60, 56, 52, and 46. And the 46 is the newest. The 56 I've had for probably, shoot, 10 years at least. The lob wedge, probably about the same amount of time. And the gap wedge is just something that my dad won in a golf tournament. And it's probably my favorite out of all of them. It's a rack tailor-made wedge. And I love that thing. And theoretically, Nick, you are supposed to replace wedges every 12 to 36 months. You're supposed to replace them every 65 to 70 rounds. After that point, mm -hmm. they allegedly lose the performance, the grooves wear down, and they do not spin as much. So I'm curious, what is your wedge setup, and how long have you had them? Um, I've got so I've got I've got four wedges technically, but two of them are are like extensions of my iron set. My iron set came with a pitching wedge and a gap wedge. Oh. Um, so I don't really consider, like I wouldn't replace those individually. Um, but then I've got a sand wedge and a lob wedge, um, which are, let's see, they're about six years old by now. And I've been, I've been thinking the same thing. Um, I, I use them a ton. Obviously I, I miss a ton of greens. It's well documented on this podcast. Uh, I'm constantly, you know, Chipping, hitting pitch shots onto greens. Um, you know, if I, I have a lot of, you know, 100-yard shots going into uh, – something went wrong on a hole, a little punch out, you know, 100-yard wedge in. So so those things get a lot of wear and tear. Um, the grooves I, – I, I was investigating the grooves actually recently, and I'm, I can't really tell. I can't just like – Look, give it the eye test and say like, oh, oh, these grooves, those are those are worn, baby. Like, I, I don't know. I, I assume they're they're worn, but I don't know. Well, that's the thing is it seems as though, and I'm sure there's other factors than just the spin. I'm going to say that right now. However, I don't hit wedge shots and think to myself, damn, I need more spin on these things. I think I need, I, I, I'm supposed to replace them, but I'm very hesitant to because they are the field clubs. And even though I could get the exact same specifications, the bounce, the degree, the model, the make, I could get them exactly the same. But to me, it would be a different club 
and I would have to get used to it. It would take me at least a little bit of time to get used to it. Is that you're 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 shaking your head furiously at me right now? Yeah, I don't I don't think there's any getting used to it. I think it's a golf club that's in your hand. You've had you, you know if you're a field player, then it it should take even less getting used to than if you're like a technical player because a technical player would be like, well, my last one was a 55 bent to a 54, and this one was a 50. You know, it's a true whatever, and and like the grind is whatever, and, and I bet you you don't even I bet you probably couldn't name the grind on your wedges or or wouldn't care or could explain to me, to me the bounce. You're just like ah great, this is a wedge, I'm going to hit it, and it's all good. So I would think you would care even less and have less of an adjustment period. I would suggest, I mean, like like I said, I'm in the same boat, like fitting your wedges to not only your game, but the course you play, like the, the grind and the bounce is more of a fit to like the typical course conditions and the scenarios in which you use those wedges. Um, so just by doing that, and if you have like one random tailor-made wedge and one like Vokey wedge and one this, like... I can't imagine it would hurt having all of your wedges come from the same set and then matching like or varying the bounces to pair with each other. Like I don't think you want all of your bounces to be the same because you want to have some variety just like you want to have some variety with your lofts. So I think if you were intentional about your wedge set, it could only help. And I think that adjustment period would like by the time you were finished chipping before your round, you would be fine. Talk to me about grind and bounce. Give me give me like the, the, the real simple explanation of what those are. Um, the, the real simple explanation uh, is, I mean, I, I can't, I can't even give you a technical explanation because it's, it's, it's escaping me. I would need some literature in front of me, but basically, Great. um, the grind is the shape, like kind of the shape of the bounce and the bounce is like the angle, the, the flat area in the bottom of your club. The flange. Um, yeah. If, depending on how you chip and, and like hit those short game shots, um, you know, and what the turf conditions are and the angle of attack that you typically have coming into shots. Um, steep. That if, if you are if you have a steep angle of attack, then yes, then like there's a specific bounce for you. I couldn't tell you what it is, but there's a specific bounce in a grind that, that is better for that. Or like if you use your, your lob wedge the most around the greens or you use a certain wedge most out of sand or you use a gap wedge for different types of shots, um, then they can kind of pair those together. So... Um, yeah, I, I think being intentional about your wedge setup with somebody who's more intelligent than I am uh, is could do nothing but help. I know. I, I know. I know. But to go to Golf Galaxy and be like, all right, I'm going to buy three. Why are you going to Golf Galaxy? Why is oh, that your they go-to? Got, they, got a, they got a huge one by the airport. Huge Golf Galaxy. It's where I get all my golf equipment now. Okay. Wait, where do you buy your stuff? It's been a while. I mean, I do as I say, not as I do. It's been it's been a while since I bought equipment. But I mean, being left handed really yeah ties a hand on my back because I can't I can't just go to like a fitter. There's like there's like a golf tech nearby. That's probably where I would go. Like I'm interested in doing a putter fitting just because like the more I learn about these types of things, like the the more curious I am. And if I do a wedge fitting, I would probably go to to golf tech for one of those. Um, but every time I've gone for like a fitting, like I, I went to a, to a club for a fitting with a, with a professional fitter on track and all this stuff. And they had like two sets of irons I could hit. I got fit for my irons. And he's like, you can either hit the Callaways or the TaylorMades. That's all we wow. have left-handed. He's like, any, we have any clubs. What do you want to hit? And I'm like, this, we don't have it. this. We don't have it lefty. We don't have it lefty. I'm like, well then tell me what. I, so, so basically long story short, um, 
that's my excuse being left-handed but you it's a good excuse yeah i mean (laughs) i'm very limited um but i have the benefit of of writing for a a golf website that i that i like research all this information on equipment so i have a pretty good idea of what i should be looking for um by the time it comes comes down to it but um yeah you can only help yourself by getting the, the right clubs for for what you play I mean, you're, I know you're right. I know you're right. And maybe, maybe that is a thing that I do this off season is reload the wedges. Just get, get three new wedges, the lob, the sand, the gap and see what happens. Yeah. And then I have a built in excuse for next golf season, which I'm always looking for. By the way, have you done a piece yet on the plight of the left-handed golfer? I think that would be fascinating. No, I, I haven't, but you know, I'll put it on the list. You should. I would I'd read the hell out of that, Nick. I All think right. that would be great. Buy great. new wedges. Get new wedges. You haven't bought them in a long time. Just just do it. Convince convince your sweetie. Convince your sweetie you need new yeah, wedges. That's, that, that, that's the most important thing is yep. the significant others need to understand how important it is, how often these need to be replaced, and how important Scoring clubs. It's, like, it's like driving on tires that are completely bald. <laughs> that's just not safe. See, and now now I'm going to go into next season, and I'm just going to be, everything's going to be sucking back off the green. I'm just going to be cursing your name every time I miss a green because there's too much spin on the ball from 80 yards. Um, Let's get into it, Nick. So the inspiration for this was a round that I had with a couple friends, and we decided to play skins. A quarter a hole. We decided to go a quarter a hole, and it was such a fun format because we did match play. There was three of us. We had carryover, so there were putts where someone was trying to stymie the other person to not have them win four quarters. There was, you know, I think one of our guys played really bad, but he won like six skins on a hole and then seven skins on a hole and ended up winning the day. It's just so much fun. But before we get into the nitty gritty, I want to ask generally, what's the most fun bet or thing you had on the line that wasn't like a tournament or some sort of real competition, but between you and your buddies, excluding the Windy Hills, excluding Windy Hills, that you can think of. I can go first to buy you time if you, if you need a second. Yeah, why don't, why don't you go first? So a couple summers ago, we went out to the Corner Club Open. And we played a round. And the day before the tournament started, this is the tournament that Nick and I go out to and we uh, don't win money at and we donate to the, to the prize fund every couple of years. And, you know, we have friends in the area, so it's great to see everybody. And I had a practice round. And, of course, we're drinking during the practice round. And that turns into a barbecue. And that turns into more drinking. And, you know, probably about a half dozen drinks in. The sun started to set. It's in June, so it's like 9 o'clock. I start talking a little bit of mess. And our friend Matt Voorhees uh, was hosting the event. Do you know where this is going? No. Our friend Matt Voorhees was hosting the event. And... I piped up and said something like, I, I think there's a chance that I break par tomorrow because we're playing best ball. So we're playing our own golf ball. And one year in the corner club open, I shot 73 on my own ball. What over? My lowest route out there. I broke par. I, I've broken par, I think, four times at U of I in my life. But you just said 73. You mean, you mean 71? No, I shot. So I shot 73 on my ball in the corner club open. So I was only one over. That was not okay, one of the okay. times I broke par, but okay. in my head, I'm thinking, eh, you make a few more putts, you shoot 71. So I start going through this calculus and math about how it's possible, and I probably played 100 rounds at U of I, and I've broken par four times, so there's a 4% chance, and blah, 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 blah. And Voorhees said, I'll tell you what, 
I'll give you 20 to 1 odds. You don't break par tomorrow. And I pull out my wallet. I had money in there because there's a gambling aspect to this tournament. I handed him a $50 bill. And I said, you hang on to this. And if I break par tomorrow, you got to give me $1,000. And he said, okay. Now that I think about it, I think you and Ashley went to your dad's house and this is happening. So we made a bet. Is this is this the one from the most recent one or one like four or five years ago? This is from the most recent one. <laughs> yeah. And so we made that bet. And so if I shot 71 in the first round of the Corner Club Open, Matt Voorhees had to hand me $1,000. And I thought, you know what? What a fun free roll. I forget about the 50 bucks. If I break par, I get 1000 So I start pretty poorly, but I birdie the par three to get back to one over. I birdie the next hole to get to even. The next hole, I hit a par five and two. So I'm standing over an eagle putt to go two under through like seven holes. And I'm like, holy shit, this might happen. I promptly three putt for par, and I think I shot 80. <laughs> but oh my God. that was still the most fun. I lost. I didn't really sniff it. I, I, w- I was in range for a third of the round, but that is the most fun bet I've ever had. Voorhees had fun. I think after the round, I had him convinced for a few minutes that I shot 68. I found him really quickly. I told him I shot 68. He's like, shut up. You did not. Sh- Let me see your scorecard. You did not shoot 68. So that was the most fun bet that I've ever had, even though I've lost. Do you have anything? Probably not to the level of those stakes, no, but do you nothing have anything? Compared, nothing compares to that. Um, I had some good times playing Wolf. I don't have any specific stories. I remember one one time we were playing with uh, with Voorhees, who you were just talking about, and uh, I, I'm notorious to just, to just stink off the tee. And I remember one time I, I hit like a great tee, an absolute dime. <laughs> and I'm waiting for Voorhees to be like, I picked Nick. He didn't say anything. And Voorhees is known to just like be a complete space cadet. So I just looked at him and I was like, yo, did you see my shot? Yeah. I was like, damn, that hurts. That hurt that he didn't, that he didn't pick. Can you, can you tell the other Voorhees story? Do you know which one I'm talking about? When you miss hit the driver? Uh, when he asked if I was hitting it fat on purpose. <laughs> that's, that's messed up, Joe. Yeah, he asked if you were hitting it fat on purpose because you hit behind the ball a couple times in a row. Like, it's like For like three straight days. <laughs> a couple times in a row. We're, we're Here we are Monday of a week-long golf binge, and he's like, dude, Nick, are you hitting it fat on purpose? <laughs> dude, no, I just stuck it off, dude. Give me a break. Uh, I can't wait to see Voorhees in June. So... What we're going to do is, these these are the most, I think, five basic games that you can play on the course with, with your buddies. So, the first one we already mentioned is skins. Very simply, you assign a point value or dollar amount to each hole. Each player in the group contributes a predetermined amount for the kitty. Like I talked about, we did a quarter. The lowest score on each hole wins the skin. Should more, should more than one player tie in a hole, it carries over. Whoever wins the next hole outright wins the skin. I love skins. To me, it's my favorite. It's my it's it's the most simple. Everyone understands it. Yeah, it, it seems skins to me, maybe I, I, I don't play a lot of skins. Almost never. Um it, it has a air of like elitism to me. Where what? like yeah, I don't know. I, I could be mis misreading the room on this one, but it seems like Skins is like if it was going to be me, you, and Romy, where like 
people are probably going to be playing better golf. They're they're more up for a skins game. Not really the crowd I, I typically roll with. I mean, like it's pretty well documented. I, I usually just get out there by myself. I'm a lone wolf. I'm not, I, I don't play a lot of these games because, um, you know, I'm I'm just out there hitting around. And if I, if I'm playing with friends, they're they're often like. Well, I'm not comfortable playing for money, even if it's like a dollar a side, like like a like two dollar an ass. They're like, well, I don't want to play for money, and it's like, okay, that, that's fine, that's cool. But like, yeah. So, yeah, skin seems to me like if you're playing with with single digit handicap players, that, that's that's the go to. That's so interesting because the round that I was referencing earlier, the guys that I'm playing with are probably both around a 15, and I ended up not winning because there were so many times where. I would eke out a par or a bogey, and then one of them would roll in a putt, or someone was already in the hole for a bogey, and the guy who played the worst ended up winning the most amount of money. So to me, if you have more than one person, there's an element of randomness to it, which I also think is fun. And you can not have a good day and still make a little bit of coin, which is why I like that format too. It's true. It's a good point. The next one is a Nassau. So this is just an old-timey term for a very simple, broken up into three bets, low front nine, low back nine, and a total score. So you determine the amount. Let's say you're in a foursome. You might decide a $2 Nassau. If you lose all the bets, the most you can lose is 6 bucks. But if you win all three, the most you can win is 18 So low risk, high reward, which is why I like this one too. Yeah. Nassau keeps you in it. Like you can triple bogey the first three holes and you could still win four dollars and that's great you know or you could still win two of those three bets um which is which is great and 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 vice versa like you can't your work is never done either you can't you know you win the front you know you're gonna win overall you still gonna get to win that back bet so um i like that i like that six 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 which is something i hadn't played until a couple years ago very simple again In a foursome, you rotate a playing partner every six holes. At the end of the 18 holes, the other three players in the group will have been your partner for six holes. So instead of the round being two nines, it's essentially broken up into three sixes. And so if it's me, you, Romy, and Voorhees, I'd be with Voorhees once, I'd be with you once, I'd be with Romy once, and you'd play whatever kind of format within that, right? You could do a point a hole, which is fun. You could try to do skins and carry it over. Whatever you want to do within that 666 is fun and gives everyone an equal chance, right? Yeah. Two two huge benefits of 666. Number one, you don't really have to worry about handicaps quite as much because every possible pairing is going to happen. So, so just by nature of the round playing itself out, it's going to even out. And number two, you still actually, even though you're never playing independently, you still have kind of an individual winner because one person will end up, you know, winning with, with more partners than, than the rest of the group. So you get that individual factor. Um, you know, it's a very diplomatic way. You're not going to hurt someone's feelings by being like, sorry, Joe, I'm going to play with Romy today. Um, you know, so, so nobody, nobody gets hurt that way. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's lovely. From a game with no hurt feelings to a game with all the hurt feelings, Wolf, I, I I'm like, still hurt from like seven years ago I, when when Voorhees didn't take my my nice drive. I love Wolf, boy. I <laughs> I tried to introduce this into a golf group on a trip we went on last summer, 
It took way more explaining than I thought was necessary to get into it. It's quite simple when you break it down. First, the order of play is decided on the first tee. The wolf is always the last player to tee off. So you decide who the wolf is. I think it should rotate every hole. Isn't that how you do it, Nick? You rotate the wolf every single hole? It's like a batting order. So you just, yep, every hole, it rotates. You're, yeah, exactly. So what happens is the first three people tee off, and then the wolf tees off. And then you can determine if you're the wolf, if you want to take someone else's tee shot and be their partner for the hole, or if they all mess up and you're the wolf, then you're the lone wolf. If you play in a team format, it's usually one point for winning the hole. If you play as a lone wolf, it is, or is it, no, excuse me, it would be two points if you play in a team. It would be three points if you decide to be a lone wolf. You play by yourself against three people. If the three people playing the lone wolf win the hole, they win one point. Yeah. Um, just one, one point of clarification there. Go ahead. The way I've, I've played, if you're the wolf, you have to choose before the next person tees off if you're taking that person. So if you tee off, I'm the wolf, you tee off. If I don't take your shot, by the time Romeo hits, I can't take you. I've, I've yep. foregone my opportunity to take you. So, so like if, if you blow it out of bounds and I just don't feel like playing with Romy, I'm, I'm going to be stuck with Voorhees or go and lone wolf. So yeah. Um, yeah. Which, which adds that element of risk because like if somebody hits a decent shot, but you've got somebody who's probably going to hit a better one, but may blow it out of bounds. Do you want to take that risk? It's, it's, it's very fun. You're right. People who have never played, you can't just walk up to the first tee and explain this to them and expect them to be like 100% in. They need to like experience it or just play it with experienced players. Um, you need to have the right group. You need to be, be doing some drinking, be doing some hollering. Um, what One of the most fun games when it's applied to the right group. Yeah, that's a really good call. You can't do it with people you've just met. It is very beneficial to have someone or everybody in the group have had played this game before. And if you haven't had someone play it before, just going out and doing it is often the best way to understand how it actually works, just to be a part of it. Yeah. This last one I've never played before. And I don't think is a real game. If you Google golf games, or if you get a book and it's like, Hey, these are fun games to play. This will always be on the list. I've never heard someone suggest it. I've never played it. But I do know it. Bingo, bango, bongo. Have you played this one, Nick? So, I actually have played this one. Oh. But I literally, be, like, first, 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 first started playing golf. I lived in Tennessee. I was working at the beautiful Tennessee Tech University. And my, my old boss uh, used to take me out to Ironwood Golf Course to play for a dollar. And I had... I had no idea how to grip a club, how to swing a club, anything. And he said, we'll play bingo, bango, bongo. So, yeah, there's there's three points. It's almost almost like the worse you are, the better chance you have of, like, getting some of these points, um, which which was probably why he wanted to play it. Uh, I'll let you explain it, and then, I'll, and then I'll go a little more into it. So the first player in the group to get the ball on the green gets a point, and that's bingo. The player whose ball is closest to the pin, once all balls are on the green, gets a point. That's bango. 
And then the player in the group who is first to hole out gets a point. That is Bongo. So yes, it does benefit you in some cases to be the worst golfer. Because if I get my ball on the green from 225 yards out to 30 feet, but Romy is hacking it up and he has to (laughs) chip and he chips it to 25 feet, he's inside of me. Yes. He gets that point. Yes, exactly. Um, and if you miss your putt, like say he say he manages to chip to like four feet, and then you miss your thirty footer. Now he's got a four footer for another point. Um, so it, it it can be a fun game to to level the playing field for all skill levels. The reason why nobody has ever asked you to play it is because it is an absolute drag on pace of play. You have to yeah. follow the order of play rules to a T. Um, and it's just not worth, it's just not worth the trade off. There's, there's plenty of other fun enough games that you would never want to do that. So out of these five, we're both clearly ranking bingo, bango, bongo, five out of five, right? Do we have a consensus there? Yeah, that's number five. That's, that's number five. There's a, there's a couple that I'm a little surprised that you didn't put on here. So like my go-to would be, uh, four ball match play. Mm. Um, and I actually was playing golf with with three randoms recently. The, well, recently the last time I played golf was July second, and uh, d- during that round, I was I was playing with um, three got three guys who came together. And after like the third hole, I mean, they were all in their twenties. One of them was the same as me, ability wise. One of them was more of a beginner, but pretty athletic, and one of them was more polished. I, I think he had shot like. 79 the day before and it was like a, a coming off a career best so we were all like pretty um bunched in, in terms of skill and I, I just said on the fourth tee we should play a four ball match play like let's just let's just team it up right now and and just make it a match and and let's just you know you're still playing your own ball there's no real pressure but you know there's something to kind of keep things going the rest of the round and they're like yeah sure let's let's do it so like we we, we got into teams and then one of them was like so so how does this format work and I was about to explain it because I, I figured we all knew. Um, and the one guy said, yeah, you just add up your total team score and then it's a, the total at the end is is the winning. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, you just botched both possible <laughs> assets of for, or formats of this four ball match play. So so I, I didn't say anything because I was, I was the lone wolf. Um, no pun intended in this scenario. So I just I just rolled with it. And <laughs> what we, we cleaned we cleaned up, and I just had him. I, I had to get to the farmers market or something with the family, so I just told him to give my cash to the other guy and uh, make sure he bought him some beers. I love that you were like, "That's ridiculous," but i i gotta I gotta get that asparagus later. The so guy, the, the guy was so convinced that the, the way he was describing it was correct that I just I couldn't be like whoa 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 actually no it's match play not stroke play and four ball means like only the best ball counts towards your score um I was just like whatever this is clearly not going to work so we're just gonna do whatever he says and play golf I like that it's like you did the calculus immediate of like am I really going to spend 10 minutes on this 10 t explaining this or am I just going to roll with it and then get to the farmer's market and go on with my life Exactly. It's like when you 
know the answer in trivia, but somebody in your group is so convinced that they actually know the answer, even though you know it's wrong, you just let them put it down because you're not going to win anyways. And it's just no point in like showing off how smart you are. Well, and there's always that moment. And by the way, I've, I've, have I told you that I started hosting a trivia night at a, a bar in I, North I Portland? No, you didn't tell me, but I picked it up on, uh, on Twitter. I, I, yeah, it's, it's been really so. fun. There's nothing more fun than reading the answers and seeing like the girlfriend or the friend like look over at their person just because and you can tell immediately like, yeah, that's what I told you, Jake. It is Daniel Day-Lewis. And they're just really <laughs> upset that it's, it's so much fun. I think we got to bring back golf trivia over the winter. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it again. I actually listened to that episode recently. <laughs> everyone is derunk on that episode. That was early in the pandemic, so everyone was feeling themselves pretty good. My dad wasn't muting himself. Like, it was just, it, it was classic. So it was good. really good. So good. Uh, do you have another golf game? No. No. Four-ball match play. That, Four that, match that's play. the one. That It's the one. It's the one. So that's your favorite one. I think I think I'm a you know call me a meat and potatoes kind of guy, but I like skins. I sure. I really enjoy skins. It's easy to understand. Everyone's still involved. There's that element of randomness. You get, you know, when the I like when a holes carry over, and it's like oh, this is worth four skins, and it's like oh my god, this this 600 yard par five is worth seven skins. Let's go! It's I love yeah. that added pressure. What I really need is a regular foursome, so we can we can really play some of these games like regularly and we can we can find our groove but join the men's club man dude run for secretary of the men's club i was i i was in the men's league at hemlock ridge we're not gonna go into this it was (laughs) you hated it it was like the worst about it it was just such it turned like something i enjoyed doing into like this super inconvenient obligation that's what the men's club is for always interfered with everything like it was Monday at four o'clock, like people were always trying to schedule meetings. Like the baby was always crying. Like everyone's always hungry and like wants to know what's for dinner. And I'm like, well, I wish I could help you, but I have to go. I have to go play golf at Hemlock Ridge with a bunch of 80 year olds, like the 84 year old retired cop who's going to whoop my ass from the red tees. And, and my, while well, my family starves, um, say mildly racist things the whole afternoon. <laughs> what, am I, what am I doing here? No, my stakes, my stakes are much lower, but it's like, Hey, what do you want to do on Saturday night? Well, we got to be home by nine because I got to be in bed for this six fifty eight tea time for the Glendivere Men's Club Association. It's like, what oh am I God. doing? What should I be enjoying golf? Like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that is why I'm not running for the Glendivere Men's Club Association. We we just need a better time of day to play golf. I want to go out casually with my dad on a Wednesday afternoon, have a little light competition, play at a course, not have to be this stressful exercise every single week. You're supposed to enjoy it. Yes, exactly. Well, we sound pretty upset right now, but this pales in comparison to our Mad Golfer of the Week, as always, brought to you by T-Box Coffee, a roast-to-order coffee brand in the heart of Southern California, packaged for the golfer who can shoot 68, 112 at every score in between. Let T-Box fuel your morning rounds. Use promo code TURN15 at checkout at T-Box Coffee. Nick, we're going to Florida TPC Sawgrass, the site of the Players' Championship. This is from Jacksonville Rental Homes. This is who left this review of I love like, like the, the, the business shout out for their own personal business in, in the Mad Golfer review. Congratulations if you're looking for a home in the Jacksonville area. 
consider Jacksonville rental homes. Quote, I've been playing this track since the 90s. It's now become a six-plus-hour round of cart path golf for no reason. If you like waiting 20 minutes between shots, subpar conditions outside of May, and marshals that don't monitor pace of play, this place is for you. Literally watched some guys get snubbed on the 17th who flew to town but ran out of daylight and missed playing the gimmicky 17th. I love that. He sneaks in calling it gimmicky. That is the Island Green at Sawgrass, the famous one if you're not familiar. Brutal. Jacksonville Reno Holmes ends this with have fun. (laughs) There's a lot going on in there. Um, there First of all, you you just start it with, I've been playing this track since the 90s. Like like it's the Muni down the street. I know, Blendivere's a track. This is the site of the Players' Championship. Right, right. Seriously. Um, since since the 90s when Tiger Woods was winning U.S. Amateurs on the on this track. <laughs> um, Six-hour rounds, certainly annoying, certainly understandable at this at this track. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, it would suck to get, get raked off the course on the 17th tee box if that actually happened. You, Jacksonville Rental Homes has lost all credibility by this late in the review, so I'm not even convinced this actually happened. It was probably some drunk guys who were here vacationing and snuck onto the course, and the marshals were like, no, 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 you got to go. Jaguar fans unite. That is your mad golfer of the week. Unfortunately, despite my best efforts, the theme song is still pending for... Nick Rules, brought to you by Matchstick Golf. Use promo code TURN20 at checkout. Are you losing faith? I'm really surprised. You know, after after last week, I was really convinced it was going to be here for, for this episode. But uh, I guess I'll I guess I'll wait another week. Maybe in time for Christmas. Yeah, we'll see. That would be a nice Christmas gift. Um, well, we're talking about golf games. And one of the cool things about golf is there's kind of a separate set of rules for match play than there is for stroke play. Um, including conceding putts. So in match play only, you may decide to concede a stroke to your opponent. At that point, when you concede, the ball is considered hold. Your opponent can pick it up. Not a stroke play rule. Not a stroke play rule, people. Not a stroke play rule. Not a stroke play rule. You hole can out. concede. Hole out. Can, it's, it, yes. it's okay to put your ball in the hole when you're playing is, a casual round of golf. It's fine. You can not only concede a putt, you can concede an entire hole. You can also concede an entire match. And a concession cannot be declined or withdrawn. So I concede a putt to you. That's it. That's all she wrote. You can still hit the putt. And if you miss it, I can't say, oh, well, I take my concession away because you still hit it and missed it. Like, like a lot of people do that. They say, like, well, I'll give you this putt. And then the person will just hit it and then they'll miss it and be like, well, it's not good anymore since you missed it. It's, it actually still is good. Once it's conceded, it can't be declined. It can't be withdrawn. It doesn't matter what you do. It's conceded. Can't be declined. That's really interesting. Yeah. So you can't so say you like, no. A I, yeah. In a match play, I can't say, uh, I want to see it. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I'm going to make this. You know what? That actually happened in that match play tournament. I gave my guy a... I don't know, two and a half foot to four foot putt early in the match. <laughs> and he was like, okay, but just so you know, I miss a lot of these. <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, yeah, uh, I don't, I don't usually make these. So you should probably make me putt these. 
It's like, okay. And then I did, and then he proceeded to pour all of them in the rest of the round. So I don't know if that was gamesmanship, but that was the closest anyone has been to not accepting the concession. Yeah, I was my first hole I ever played in that Hemlock Ridge men's league. Um, we get to the green, and this guy, I don't know, I, two to three feet. And it dawned on me, like, I haven't had, like, concession etiquette in a, a long time because I just play by myself. And I'm like, I'd, I'd rather err on the side of being a gentleman. So I'm like, I'm like, that's good. He looks at me and he's, he picks it up, of course. But he's like, we don't, we don't give those in this league, you know. <laughs> you you should have made me putt that. <laughs> I'm like, okay, whatever, dude. Like, I, I'm just trying not to be a dick, but whatever. Yeah, also, that's like match play strategy as well, is <laughs> my dad always told me this in match plays, like, hey, if you want to get in someone's head, give them everything inside five feet on the front nine, and then don't say a word to them starting on the back nine. Yeah. Because then they'll be like, are they going to say anything? And then they're thinking about you instead of thinking about their putt. Yeah, and they also haven't made a, a nervy putt all day. Exactly. Though, to be fair, and my dad was a scratch golfer in the 70s, so he knows what he's talking about, but his other thing is... I don't know if I've said this on the podcast. He says when your ball is... Hang- <laughs> it sounds so ridiculous. He says when your ball is hanging on the lip, that you should stand over it and cast a shadow on it because sometimes it helps the ball fall into the hole. <laughs> I He's told me that a few times and I've let it go. And then one time I asked, what is the thinking behind that? And he's like, well, the ball just falls in. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, I got to get him back in the podcast. That man's a lunatic. And the older he gets, the crazier he gets. I love it. Um, that is Nick Rules. Nick, we have many exciting updates coming on this podcast. Um, we can't talk about them yet. The ink's not dry. But we have some partnerships we're excited about. I have some things rattling around my head that I'm very excited about. Guests coming up. You're playing golf this month. Yeah. The fall is when we really is when we really are going to take charge. Definitely, it's going to we're going to build a lot of momentum in the fall, carry it into the off season. When there's not actual golf happening, you can get more creative with the golf podcast. I love it. We're not going to we're not going to slow down the cadence. It's still be every week in the winter. A lot of fun stuff coming up. I I always feel best about my golf game from like December fifteenth until about mid February. I'm like, well, this is the year. We just gotta, we just gotta put it together. I'm looking at the stats, and I was like, you know, two less putts, a few more fairways, and it's good to go. So I'm go. gonna start feeling great about my golf game once the clubs start collecting dust in the garage. There you go. Well, you'll be on the wedge hunt and all that stuff. You know, it'll be it'll be super exciting. The winter wedge hunt. Let it begin. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at the turn.